I want to read uh, Hebrews 6, verse 1 uh, through 9a. We're going to do that for a reminder uh, and for context, but then we'll be focusing uh, on verse 4, but I want to read all of that together as we consider this passage and as we continue to walk through this. So let me read first in English, and then Nide will read in Spanish. Starting with verse 1. It says, So let us move beyond the simple teachings about Christ. Let us grow up as believers. Let us not start all over again with the basic teachings. They taught us that we need to turn away from doing things that led to death. They taught us that we must have faith in God. These basic teachings taught us about different ways of becoming clean. They taught us about placing hands of blessing on people. They taught us that people will rise from the dead. They taught us that God will judge everyone. And they taught us that what He decides will last forever. If God permits, we will go beyond those teachings and grow up. What if some people fall away from the faith? It won't be possible to bring them back. It is true that they have seen the light, they have tasted the heavenly gift, they have shared in the Holy Spirit, they've tasted the good things of God's Word, they've tasted the powers of the age to come, but they have fallen away from the faith. So it won't be possible to bring them back. They won't be able to, to turn away from their sins. They're losing everything. That's because they are nailing the Son of God to the cross all over again. They're bringing shame on Him in front of everyone. Some land drinks the rain that falls on it. It produces a crop that is useful to those who farm the land. The land receives God's blessing. But other land produces only thorns and weeds. That land isn't worth anything. It is in danger of coming under God's curse. In the end, it will be burned. Dear friends, we have to say these things, but we are sure of better things in your case. So as we've talked about Hebrews, as we've been walking through it, we've considered this great salvation and continuing by faith that we would not stop. And I think as we did last week, and I want to again this week remind ourselves what Hebrews has taught us about this salvation. As we look at verse 1 through 3, it talks about this beginning point. These simple teachings, this beginning point where we repent, we turn from ourselves, we turn, turn towards God, we're forgiven, and we're proclaimed. He, he de describes us and, as His sons and daughters. We're now in the family, we're a part of this family of God. That's the beginning point of salvation. That's described in verse 1 through 3. And then it also talks about this ending point of salvation, the resurrection. We're going to join Jesus in the resurrection. We're going to be with the Father in glory. Jesus is going to stand before us and represent us. And it says these are those simple things. These are those simple teachings according to Christ. But there's also this middle process from the beginning point to the ending point. And this process is what we're continuing through. We're being brought through suffering to glory. That's what Hebrews has repeatedly told us. We're going through that process. And we talked about whether in the beginning point, whether the ending point, or whether through the process, 
If you don't have faith, si no fe, you don't have salvation. No we can all agree on that. If you no don't have faith, you don't have salvation. That there, there's no description of salvation within the scriptures that separate it from faith. Whether we're talking about the point, whether we're talking about the end, or whether we're talking about the process, faith is always a part of it. Whether the beginning, whether through the process, or at the end. And everything we've been reading in these last couple weeks is this, this warning. This warning is talking to us and speaking specifically about the process. The warning is not about the beginning point, it's not about the ending point. The warning that we're receiving, the warning that's here in Hebrews is about the process. And it's about a potential situation. Remember, it's not an actual situation. And it's not a situation that is certain. It's a potential situation for us. And it's connected again to our faith. But he ends in verse 9 saying there's hope for us. Right? Verse 1 through 3, it's talking about us. Verse 4 through 8, it's talking about those people. It moves to the third person. And then it comes back in verse 9 and talks about us again. And it says, for us, there's hope. We have these things to say, but we are sure of better things in your case. We're sure of better things in our case. And so there's this hope wrapped around this warning. But if that was their case, and it's our case, that we need this warning, that we are in this same place to consider this warning, we need to process through that. We need to hear it. We need to consider it. And I would say the reason we misunderstand this passage is because we don't view salvation as a beginning point, an ending point with an entire process. We think about these two pieces, the beginning point and the ending point, when we consider salvation. And yet, as this is describing this, and this is giving us this warning, we're talking about the process of salvation. We're talking about walking through our salvation. But in the American church, in the evangelical church, what have we heard? What do we talk about? What do we preach about? We talk about the beginning, we talk about the end. We, we kind of avoid talking about this middle process that involves suffering and being brought to glory through difficulty. We talk about the beginning, we talk about the end. And that's our focus. Now last week I showed a video of Karina on the cross-country team at a race, the city finals, at Pierce College. I showed you a video of the beginning of the race. And I showed you a video of the ending of the race. To represent these points of salvation. But now I want to show you a video of our understanding of salvation. When I say salvation, this is what we have been taught to believe, taught to think, taught to consider. Okay? Okay. 
That's our picture of salvation. The beginning, the end. And what followed the beginning? The end. It went right from the beginning of the race. We saw about 14 or 15 seconds. And then we went to the end of the race. 14 or 15 seconds. There were 25 minutes in between that. 25 minutes in the process. But we looked at the first 15 seconds and the last 15 seconds. And that's what we do with the scriptures. That's what we do with salvation. We look at the beginning point, the ending point, and the author's been telling us, grow up. Move on from these simple teachings. Don't dismiss these simple teachings, but grow up. Move on. Because we're walking through this process. There is an entire race in between. The beginning is exciting. The end is our hope, but we're in between. We're in this process. So, as we talk about salvation, is your understanding of salvation biblical? Is my understanding of salvation, is it biblical? Is it according to God's word? Or have we just settled on these simple things? Settled on this milk? And we don't want to move to the solid foods. Because I want to show you now some pictures from the race. We ran around trying to follow, right, up and down the mountains, the hills, trying to catch a glimpse, trying to encourage on, trying to take a picture. This, this does not look fun. The picture on the right, like, I mean, the picture on the left, they're coming up the hill. The picture on the right, they're going down the hill. And then the race turns back around and does it again. The next picture. And then there were times when Karina was all by herself. She felt isolated. She felt alone. And I remember watching and when there were others around her and when she was in this race together, her face looked different. When she was alone, her face would change. As she went through this process struggling, and I couldn't imagine, as I'm watching as her dad, what is going through her mind? What is going through her heart? Is she going to finish? Is she going to continue? Or will she stop? Will she keep going and going and going? She started, but will she keep going and going and going to the finish? It's an enduring struggle. Are we willing to continue in the process? Are we committed as endurance runners? Not as sprinters. Not with a race where the start moves right into the finish, but where the start begins and we go through an entire process, an entire life by faith, continuing by faith to make it to the end. Are we willing to run that kind of race? And are we willing to do that together? Not isolated, not on our own, dealing with our suffering, dealing with our difficulties, but together, running this race together through faith. So that's the picture of the race. That's the picture of this process. And it's a difficult course as we follow Jesus as Lord, as we follow Him as King. He's not just our Savior, but He's our King. It's hard. It's difficult. 
They're suffering. What's going to happen when someone doesn't continue? What's going to happen when someone drops out? What's going to happen when we don't finish? We began this race, we're in this process, we're continuing by faith and, and we fall away. We decide to stop. We need to answer that question. That's what this warning is about. In this process, it says, verse 4, if some people fall away from the faith, it won't be possible to bring them back. This translation asks it in the English in a question, then it answers it in others. It just states it. It is impossible if those that fall away, those that fall away, it's impossible for them to be brought back. That word means impossible. It, it won't happen. It can't happen. It's not going to happen. In, in this situation, with it, it's talking about, it's impossible. That's serious. That's a significant warning that we need to hear, that they needed to hear, that we need to hear. Because if we're in this place, if we go there, it says it's impossible to turn back. So what does that mean? Not that it's impossible. Everybody understands what impossible means? All right. I'm not talking about impossible. I'm talking about what does it mean to fall away? What does it mean to decide not to continue? It's a question we have to ask ourselves because it says it's impossible. We can't ignore it. We can't just push beyond it. And so to fall, to turn away, or to stop, to discontinue the process, let me be clear. It's this place of unrepentant sin. Okay? You're not going to fall. You're not going to stop without knowing that you're falling or knowing that you're stopping. Okay? It is this intentional place, unrepentant sin. I am not going to continue. I'm going my own way. I am not going to follow Jesus Christ. I'm not going to continue with Him to glory. Or I am stopping right here. I'm not going any further forward. No way, no how. You will not move me. I'm done. I'm out. You're not going to wake up one morning and be like, I fell away. Okay? It is intentional. It is, it is ongoing. It is something that you will struggle with. It's not just going to catch up on you or slip up on you. But I want to talk about falling and I want to talk about stalling. The two things that I see here. One is if you fall, you, in willful disobedience, go in a different direction, away from Jesus Christ. You are not Lord of my life. I am my own Lord. I'm going in this direction, in willful disobedience. That would be falling from the faith. But then stalling is to say, that's it, no further. I'm not continuing. And I think the stalling, to me, it seems more dangerous. Because we can get to this place and just stop. And not go forward. 
And so I want you to think about it. And you might be questioning, well, what, you, what exactly are you saying, Britt? Well, if you're in a race, if you're on this course, and you go in a different direction than the course, you go away from Jesus. Or if you're in this race, you're on the course, and you just stop. That's it. And then you stop and you make yourself comfortable. Right in the middle of the course, just laying there, just hanging out, just looking for what you can find to make yourself feel better. I'm not going forward. The person that goes in a different direction, off the course, what happens? Do they finish? No, they don't finish the race. The person that sits down disobediently won't move forward. They don't go off the course, but they don't move forward. They don't finish the course. They don't continue on. What happens? They don't finish. They started, they began, but they didn't finish. They started, they began, but they went in a different direction. They went off the course. I want you guys to look at your lives and think about the process that you've been through. Are you continuing according to the course? According to the rules of the course? Are you continuing to pursue the finish? Because both falling or permanently stalling in the faith means that you don't have faith. If you stop on the course, you're not continuing by faith. If you go off the course, you're not continuing by faith. If you don't have faith, what do you not have? Salvation. If you don't have faith, you don't have salvation. If you have salvation, you have faith. They, they can't be pulled apart. They can't be separated. We have to consider this. Because salvation at the beginning point, at the ending point, or salvation through the process, without faith, is not salvation. Those two things always, always go together. I've been processing and thinking about us, thinking about living stones, about the last six years. And I can say that I've seen personally, as a pastor, you get to hear the full story. You get to walk with people. And I have seen both these situations. I've seen people come to a point and they say, I'm not going further. Don't bring that sin up in my life. Don't talk to me about that. I am not going to change that. I am not going to go forward. Listen, I am saved. Jesus is my Savior, but He is not going to be my Lord because I will not give Him this part of my life. I will not, in obedience, continue on. 
I've sat in the living room as a finger was pointed at me and that yelled back at me. I won't. I will not change. Leave me alone. Get out of my life. Why don't we just focus on saving people? Jesus is Savior, right? I'm like, but Jesus is Lord. But we continue together by faith. But that's clear. That's pretty evident. When someone says, this is what I'm doing, this is where I'm going, you, I love you, but go to hell. Right? That's what's been communicated to me. That's what I've experienced. That's a falling away. I'm unrepentant. I won't move on. And then I've seen where some, we get to a point in the process of salvation and we stall. I've grown enough. I know I haven't grown up. But I'm mature enough. I mean, you know, in my own life, I've had to come to these points where I'm deciding, am I going to continue on or am I going to stop? Am I going to continue on or am I going to go in a different direction? I remember confessing Christ when I was in seventh grade. I got baptized. I had no idea what I was doing. Okay? I wanted Jesus as Savior. I didn't want to go to hell. And that's good. But that's as he's talking about these basic teachings, this beginning point. I remember getting to 10th grade and being convicted, am I following Christ? I started to understand the gospel. I started to understand what Jesus Christ had done for me, and now he's bringing me to glory. Am I going to follow? I've experienced this initial point, but will I walk through the process? And if I walk through the process, what's that going to mean for my life? How's it going to change my life? What am I going to have to sacrifice to follow Him? What will it mean about where I live? What will it mean about where I serve? What will it mean about how I care for other people? What will it mean about how I live in community with others as family members? What will it mean about how I manage my resources, how I spend my money? What will it mean about how I spend my time? It's a big deal. It's a big deal to follow Christ through this process. But we come to those points and we're move to decide will I continue by faith and I just want to show you and give you a visual of this in this process of salvation this is where we start right we're all here and we're all focused on this myself my sin me and these beginning point these these initial teachings these Simple teachings about Christ. I turn from myself and what? I have faith in God. 
At this point, I, I have forgiveness. He calls me a son. I'm part of the family. Now when I get there to God, and when I get there to glory, I'm going to experience this resurrection. He's going to stand before God on my behalf. Oh, the view from here is good. My sin, myself, it's behind me. Woo, look at where I'm going. Look at what I'm going to have. Let's celebrate the hope that we have. There is an entire process of a difficult life, of suffering, by faith, continuing by faith, as I'm being brought to glory. But we stay here, or we take a couple steps. Oh, this is hard again. I've grown up a little bit. I'm not to the finish, I'm not to the end. Still, there's all this suffering in front of me, but I'm just going to celebrate what's there. I don't want to have a theology of suffering and what it means to walk through the process of salvation. I just want to have a theology of celebration. This is what it's going to be like, but I'm never going to get up. I'm never going to move. After sitting here a while, you're like, what is this? This, this doesn't even change my life. Nothing's different. I'm just sitting here. And then I get up and I'm going to go in this direction. Forget it. Forget that. I'm going over here or I'm going to go back to my sin itself. And just enjoy this. Did I ever get there? Will we ever get there if we don't continue by faith? Will we ever experience glory? Will we be with the Father if we don't continue by faith? If we don't have faith through this salvation? Both of those are our potential situations. It's potential for me. It's potential for you. Or either this word is not for you. And I'm pretty sure this word is for all of us. He's speaking to the church. He's speaking to believers. And he's giving them this warning. That's why we're receiving it. And again, it's not that we will. It's not that it is. But that it's potential. So think about your life. Which response do you think is a greater potential? To stop on the course? That's far enough, God. You're asking enough of me. I've come this far. I'm not going any further. Or to just take off in a different direction. Forget this. Forget what you've done. I'm going my own way, my own course. Which one do we think is a greater potential when we consider our own lives? For me, it's to stop and plop. That's enough, God. I've come this far, isn't that enough? You want me to continue? You want me to go to the finish? And I think that stalling in the faith it's almost normal. It's even taught in the church. 
Because we don't teach this process, this theology of suffering. We just teach the beginning and the end. We don't move from these simple teachings of Christ and grow up for this solid food. And so it's easy for us. It seems normal for us just to stall, just to not move forward. Because we've ignored the process of salvation. We have a limited, incomplete, unbiblical view of salvation. In general, that's what we teach. That's what the American Evangelical Church primarily teaches. We don't get to the process. But I think our view is incomplete, and our view is limited, and our view is unbiblical, because we have a limited, an incomplete, and an unbiblical view of Jesus. We're to grow up and move beyond these simple teachings about who? About Christ. These simple teachings about Christ. We're to grow up and we're to move beyond that. Our focus is repeatedly on these simple teachings. But as you think about Hebrews, who is it that has already been through this process? Who's already been through this process? Jesus. Who is bringing us through this process? Jesus. Who is it that we're following through this process? It's Jesus. But we don't want to grow up. When I was in seventh grade, I didn't sign up for that. That wasn't my understanding. I liked these initial teachings, these simple teachings. That was good for me. Jesus is my Savior. I've got my fire insurance and now I'm going to be in heaven. Let's figure out the next 60 or 70 years. I didn't understand how I had to grow up and move to this place where He's my Lord and follow Him. And many of us, we've made a decision for Jesus. You've, you've prayed a sinner's prayer, which is not biblical. There's no example of it in the Scriptures to pray this sinner's prayer. It's something that we've made up so that we can get people to agree to this beginning point. Let's just get you saved. Let's just get you saved. You're saved. We're done. We don't have to walk with you through the process. We don't have to continue on. Because we just prefer to accept Him as Savior and not follow Him as Lord. Everybody wants the glory of being on the team. You guys watched that race. The video? I mean, I, I was there. I wanted to run. 
I wanted my own uniform. I don't think about that too long or what it would have looked like, but I wanted my own running shorts, my own jersey. I wanted to be out there. I wanted to be competing. I wanted to start the race and I wanted to be there at the finish. I wanted to complete it. I wanted to experience that glory. My heart was racing that day. As I watched my daughter go through that. But before she joined the team, she actually had to consider what it would mean to be on the team. Are you willing to fully go through the process to participate as it's required to be on the team? Still talking about cross country. Right. She didn't just walk out and just all of a sudden find herself on the cross country team. She had to make a decision. She had to come to that place. I know what's in front of me. I know this is going to be difficult. Am I willing to participate in that, to be on the team? Am I willing to sacrifice and to train with the team? Every day after school, give up my time to continue with the team. It's required that. I've watched her every day. I didn't know that was in her, but I've watched her do that. I didn't think when she started she could do it, but she's done it. Are you willing to compete with the team? Does a member of the team just practice with the team and just train with the team? Or do they actually go out there and run the race? There has to be a willingness to compete as well. And the last question, even though there's pain and difficulty in the process, if you're going to be on the team, are you willing to run the course, to press on, to continue, to finish with the team? It was not an individual race. She was out there with her team. She had to run, she had to participate, but she was with her team. They had to finish. Now go back to the very beginning of Hebrews. The very first verse, it says that many times, in many ways, God has spoken. But in these last days, He's spoken to us through His Son. He's spoken to us through Jesus. And what have we seen that He's saying to us through Jesus? He's proclaiming and he is offering this great salvation. This great salvation that's been given to us and that we can participate in, that we can continue in. But if we're going to be on God's family team, if we're going to run with each other and run with Jesus as He brings us back to glory, then wouldn't it make sense that we would actually consider some things seriously as we are in that process or before we start that process? This is Jesus' offer. Are you willing to fully go through the process it's necessary to be a part of my family team. It's necessary to join me with the Father in glory. Are you willing to go through that? Are you willing to run the course? Are you willing to train with my family?
Are you willing to train with the church? Are you willing to be a part of the church? And you're like, train? We don't have to train. Go back to verse chapter 5, verse 14. It says, those that grow up have trained themselves. It is a part of the process. And are we willing to train with each other? And not just train, but will we run the race? Will we compete? with our brothers and sisters. There's going to be pain. There's going to be difficulty in the process. But will we continue with each other? We commit to following Him by faith all the way to glory. That we began by faith, that we would finish by faith. To do that, we have to continue by faith. That's Jesus' proclamation. That's the salvation. This is the salvation that he's offering. He's not offering this and this. He's offering the entire thing. That's the great salvation. That's what he's offering. I remember as a kid, my best friend's dad who prayed with me, who shared the gospel with me, I remember him telling stories when he would meet with these individuals and he worked for the Atlanta Falcons, so these big 300-pound men that he would share the gospel with, that he, would, he was their chaplain. And he'd be with this guy and he would be sharing the gospel and they'd be like, yes, I want that. This is what I want. I want to be saved. I want to be forgiven. I want to be a part of God's team. And I remember he'd be telling the story. And at that point, he started laughing. He's like, and then I got to it. And he's like, all right, baby. Listen, if that's what you want, if that's what you want, then you've got to be willing to sell out. If you're not willing to sell out through this entire process, then don't begin it. Don't start. And he would yell at these guys and these, these, these big, huge athletes that don't begin, don't start unless you're going to finish. And he would dance around as he said, are you going to sell out? If you're not, go do something else. You got to go all the way, baby. And I thought he was just trying to fire people up. Because <laughs> I'm like, yeah, baby, let's go! But he was being biblical. He was sharing this entire salvation, this great salvation. Not just the simple things, but the more difficult part. The process. And I want us to end by listening. As I read through Hebrews and as I study this, I'm like, this is crazy. This is, this is hard. This is difficult. And then I go back to the Gospels. And Jesus, what's he thinking? He's teaching the same things. Repeatedly, all the difficult things. And as we continue through this, the difficult parts, you go back and you can find where Jesus is teaching almost the exact same thing in the same way. But in the Gospels, for some reason, we don't get stuck on it like this. 
I don't know if it's because, well, Jesus said it, so let's just do it, but we don't really take it to heart. And so I want to read this passage from Luke chapter 14, verse 27 through 30, and then finish at 33. I'll read it in uh, English first, and then in Spanish. This is Jesus speaking, right? The crowds were following him. There were big crowds. I want this. I want in. I want what he's offering. This sounds good to me. And he turns around and he says, verse 27, whoever doesn't carry their cross and follow me can't be my disciple. Whoever doesn't carry their cross and follow me can't be my disciple. Whoever doesn't carry their cross and follow me through suffering to glory cannot be my disciple. And then he moves to a story. Remember at the beginning of chapter 6, we talked about this word that's there is this foundation, like move beyond these foundational things. We talked about building this building, this construction site. Jesus says in verse 28, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you sit down first and figure out how much it will cost? Then you will see whether you have enough money to finish it. Suppose you start building and are not able to finish. That's what we've talked about. That's just what we've talked about today. We're finally getting there. I'm sweating. My glasses are falling off. And my interpreter's yelling. <laughs> this is right, right where we want to be, okay? It says, then, everyone who sees what you have done will laugh at you. Read on in Hebrews 6. You're going to see something really similar to that. Right? It's going to shame him. It's going to shame Jesus Christ. If we don't continue, if we stop. And it says, they will say, verse 30, this person started to build, but they weren't able to finish. This is Jesus. This is what he's saying. After studying Hebrews, and now I read that, and I hear it very differently. He's saying the same thing. He tells another story, and then verse 33. In the same way, you must give up a few things. 
No, that's not what it says. In the same way, you must give up most things. That's not what it says. It says, you must give up everything you have. Those of you who don't, you cannot be my disciple. We have to consider that. Are we willing? Are we still willing to give up everything? My entire life, will I give you my life? You gave your life to me. Will I give my life to you? Will I follow you as Lord? Lord as King you've got control you've got authority what you tell me to do I'm going to by faith respond and I'm going to continue will we do that? will we continue by faith? and I want to share with you Briefly, I've been so encouraged. I haven't had a lot of direct uh, interaction or experience with this situation. But processing through this and talking with my wife, we started to talk about Christine and Cosit and this process that they're in. They showed up with two babies now they have three they've been walking with us for a little bit for a little while they live in Simi they're moving to Canoga Park and they're not just sort of moving and well, I'm going to find a place for right now that's temporary. They are purchasing and buying a house. They are digging in. I'm going to commit here. I'm going to be a part of this. And in my head, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, you don't, you've only been here a few months. You don't know us that well. I, I'm going to let you down later. Uh, these people, have you walked? They're going to let you down. They're going to upset you. You're going to be angry. They're going to hurt you. Are you sure that you want to do this? Because that's crazy. That's, that's, that's too much. Their friends in Simi said, do you know what schools, you're, what districts, what school districts you're going into? And I can say this because Christine said, yes, I know I'm Asian. <laughs> right? we, we've taken that into consideration but this is what God is calling us to do we're in this process we've started to move and I want to continue and God has shown this to us and I want to continue and I'm going to trust by faith it is going to be difficult it's going to be hard for Christine and Cosa they're going to be at a place and be like, "Is this? Are, are we nuts? What are we doing? Why are we continuing? Why are we in this process? We're here with them. Our job, back to chapter 3, verse 13, is to encourage them. To walk with them. That we're in this race with them. And beyond us, who else is in this race? Who else has gone through this process? Who else are we following? 
It's Jesus. They're just continuing by faith. And I'm not saying that's your situation. I'm not saying that's what God is calling you to do. He could be. Have you asked with a willingness what He wants from you? What He is asking you to do next? Are you willing to follow Him by faith? Are you willing to say, I'm going to continue through the suffering, through the difficulty, by faith, because you're King, because you're my Lord? What part of my life am I holding back? What part of my life do you want that I need to give to you? And I need to respond. We cannot fall away from this process of salvation and disobedience. And we cannot stall, we cannot stop dropping out of this process in disobedience. But let's follow Jesus as King. Because He's our treasure. He's the pearl of great price. I'll sell off everything to have you. I'll sell off everything to follow you. So at the end of the day, it's how we see Jesus. Is He enough? Is He what I desire? Is He over everything in my life? Do I give Him first place? And so when I ask the worship team to come up, I want us to be able to respond after considering this warning, after considering a part of this message, if you look back at Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1, it says, So we must pay the most careful attention to what we've heard. Then we will not drift away from it. The message is Jesus. What we've heard is Jesus. And I want us to spend the next few minutes focusing on Jesus. This great salvation that He has proclaimed, this great salvation, what it means to have Him as Savior and to have Him as Lord. Would we be willing to proclaim Him as King of our hearts and Lord of our lives. So we're going to sing a song called King of My Hearts. And I want to, we don't do this very often, I want to open up the front. If you want to come up front, if you want to pray, if you want to commit yourself, okay, wherever you're at in this process, whether you haven't begun this process, whether you're in the middle of the process, you say, I want to continue. I want to continue by faith. God, will you give me faith? Will you walk with me through this process? Help me to put you as king in my life. And so I want the worship team to play over us. And for us to have that time to respond. After that song, we'll move into the last worship song. We'll stand up and sing together. If you're still up front, if you still want to be here, please stay here. But I want us to have an opportunity to respond, to have an opportunity to say, Jesus, you're my king. I want to follow you. I, I want to count the cost. I want to continue on. I don't want to go in a different direction, and I don't want to stop in disobedience.